Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Dwight Chocolate Podcast with me, Alan, and my co-host, Sean. Hello, people. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. We got a couple of basketball topics you want to touch on, including the Chris Paul trade, Blake Griffin, the Jimmy Butler trade, and, of course, D'Angelo Lopez, and finally, Phil Jackson, gone, out of New York, kicked out. It's about time. It's about time. So let's start it off with the Chris Paul trade. My co-host Sean is a big Clippers fan. I'm a I'm a big Laker fan, so I guess I'm kind of happy to see Chris Paul go. You know, now meaning the Clippers may be on even ground, as in like the terrible ground. But what are your thoughts on it, Sean? Uh, I got to tell you, man, it's been a really rough week for me. I mean, I saw when Blake Griffin and Chris Paul both opted out of their contracts, I was thinking, oh, you know, like maybe they're just looking for some more money from the Clippers, renegotiate their contracts, get the max deal that they deserve. But, um, you know, I really think that the Warriors have played a huge role in all of these moves that have happened that we're going to talk about today. Um, all these elite players just think that they need to join up and create a super team of their own to beat them. Right. And, with, I mean, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, it's a good lineup. And the Clipper curse just kept it from really getting anywhere, but it's not a championship-winning lineup in today's NBA. So, I mean, it sucks, and I hate to see it happen, but um, Chris Paul, he was one of our greatest to ever play, <laughs> and he's on to bigger and better things now. Right. Does it sound weird to be say that Chris Paul may be the greatest player the Clippers ever had, even though he didn't even finish his career there? <laughs> Or even start his career yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you got to love the guy. He's He puts his heart and soul out there every game. And you can just tell he's a fierce competitor. And, you know, you can call him the greatest because he gave us, what, five, six years of the highest caliber basketball that the NBA can provide. So, <laughs> How the Clippers can provide it. They got as far as Ugh. the first round. Um What's the closest could, they got to the second round? Was it when they were playing against the Rockets, I guess? Yeah, when they were up 3-1, and then we choked it away. Right. Um, but, I mean, I could go on and on about how we got done dirty with the injuries to Chris Paul and Blake Griffin the last two seasons, but that's a conversation I'm not willing to have right now. <laughs> you really you think it's all injuries? You don't think... I mean, according to, I guess, what some people were saying was like that Blake Griffin... Apparently doesn't have didn't have a good relationship with Chris Paul, um, and you know, they had I guess there were some issues between Doc Rivers and Chris Paul be- even before. Maybe there were some team dynamics there that were that were kind of at fault as well. Yeah, I I will admit that when you watch the Clippers, it just doesn't seem like they have it all together. Like they have the players, they have the names that make it seem like this team could compete with any any team any given night. But when you watch them, they just seem so they just seem so out of sync as like Chris Paul will be thinking one thing, but Blake Griffin's thinking another. Mm-hmm. And they actually played their best basketball individually when the other was injured. Right. So, yeah, because like when when Chris Paul would get injured, Blake Griffin would step it up. They'd start to mesh a little bit and kind of find a team identity. And then Chris Paul would come back and everything would kind of be in disarray again. Uh-huh. Blake Griffin would get hurt. Vice versa, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan start syncing up a lot more. Um, the team, the team just changed based on which superstar was 
healthy at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was a shame that they couldn't work together. I have heard rumors, though, that uh, Blake Griffin has a chance of joining Chris Paul on the Rockets. I don't know how much merit there is to that. I really hope that doesn't happen. That would be something. That would be something. Right. I mean, it seems kind of like in the press conference or somewhere out there, I I forgot where, but Mike D'Antoni mentioned that it's the NBA is in arms race right now, basically against the Warriors. Hmm. Teams are trying to stack up however they can, and the Rockets obviously made a good move here trying to bring on Chris Paul. But at the same time, I also wonder, like, is it really a good move to bring on a 32-year-old Chris Paul alongside James Harden? Is that... Is that do you is that is that the team that's gonna go out there and make a difference? Like does that really bring does that maybe only take them to the second seed, but not necessarily any closer to beating the Warriors? So right now, as the roster stands, no. They have no chance of beating the Warriors. Like Chris Paul's thirty two. He can hold his own against most teams, but with the pace that the Warriors play at, I just don't see it working. And you have Chris Paul as the point guard now, presumably with James Harden at shooting guard. There's a lot, like, both of those players need the ball in their hands, you know? Yeah. Like, like Chris Paul commands the floor, and James Harden found his way as a point guard last year. And Mike D'Antoni came out saying, you can never have too many point guards, which I don't know if he's just crazy or if there's some, there's something to that, but... I don't know. At the same time, like, that's still, between those two guys, that still isn't enough firepower to keep up with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. So they're going to need to bring on someone like a Blake Griffin or a Paul George to really cement that. And I've even heard that Paul Millsap is in the conversation. I don't know if that even helps because he doesn't – he's good, but he doesn't beat the Warriors either. So I I really think that this move doesn't help the Rockets as much as it looks like. And I love Chris Paul as much as the next guy, but I really don't think this helps them. And sorry to say, I don't think this gives Chris Paul the championship he deserves. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 kind of what I'm thinking as well. It's like, I mean, James Harden played the point last year. So now you're essentially bringing in another point guard. So you move James Harden to the two. And then I guess you kind of just trade off between the two. But, I mean, yeah, you're, I, meant, you're, I mean, you're, I guess you at like in the middle of the game, you could play them where Chris Paul is the point is the point guard, and then you give him a rest, and then James Harden's the point guard, and you kind of run your offense like you did last year. Mm-hmm. But just, then that brings you to the other side of the trade where you just gave away some of your best shooters, right? Lou Williams and uh, Sam Decker was a good piece too. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a bunch of other names in there that uh, what what are these guys? DeAndre Liggins, Deron Hilliard. Montrezl Harrell, <laughs> Kyle Wilcher. I, yeah, I don't even know these guys. Yeah, it's a it's <laughs> kind of a shame. I really wish like the Rockets could have found a way to do this and maybe keep Lou Williams. I mean, Lou Williams isn't a difference maker, but that would have that might have helped your team. Actually, maybe not. Lou Williams is a little undersized, but he would be a good piece coming off the bench. Yeah. Well, they had they had to do this sign and trade. This is the only way this they were able to get Chris Paul's because they couldn't afford his max contract that he wanted. Mm-hmm. So they had to dump all of these guys to even come close to matching the salary so that yeah. they could make cap space to bring in Chris Paul and still have room to sign someone else. Right. Otherwise, they were going to have to send Trevor Ariza or Eric Gordon. Right. But, that, yeah. So maybe actually yeah. the Rockets did do a good job. I kind of didn't think about that, but yet they still managed to keep Trevor Ariza, 
who Trevor Reza is like one of those guys that's long sought in the NBA, the, a long three mm-hmm. who can defend and and shoot the open three, and then you keep Eric Gordon. So that that's yeah, so th- they kept their core in mm-hmm. place. But then let's let's talk about how this affects the Clippers moving forward. Do any of these players stick around? Are these are these no. pieces the Clippers can use? No. Well, so I was actually I saw an interesting tweet um, earlier yesterday where somebody was comparing this situation kind of to like Dwight the Dwight Howard situation where Dwight Howard left the Rockets and essentially it gave actually the Rockets an opportunity to build their team with that free cap space that Dwight Howard left. Mm. And um, okay. and they turned that cap space into uh, Ryan Anderson and a couple guys who ended up being a big difference makers for them this year. And yeah. maybe if the Clippers keep Blake Griffin, you keep DeAndre Jordan. I mean, you obviously can't find somebody to replace Chris Paul, but maybe you find a couple pieces that can maybe change the style of your game a little bit, possibly. Or maybe Austin Rivers is the MVP caliber player we've <laughs> all been waiting for. Maybe. I wouldn't bet on it, though. <laughs> but I don't believe that. Yeah, but realistically <laughs> speaking, I can't I don't see Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams or any of these guys sticking around. If anything, I see Patrick Beverly being traded away at some point in the middle of the season to a contender. Maybe I mean, I would I actually would l- in- like to see Patrick Beverly in the Cavs. I mean, he might be mm. that tenac- that tenacious defender that they need off the bench. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think the Clippers are going to be able to use Patrick Beverly really well. And he's going to shape the way that their offense and defense is going to run because he's he's very good at defense. Yeah, but and is, he's, is there any point to keeping him when you're fighting to for maybe the 10th seed in the West? I think I think that you're still fighting for an 8th seed. You think so? If they so? keep Blake Griffin. If they keep, if Blake, they Griffin, keep Blake Griffin, yeah. Yes. That's a big and if. Yeah, so if you keep Blake Griffin and you have a Patrick Beverly... With Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, both as great six men, I think you're still going to make the playoffs. You're not going to contend or anything, but you're, you're still fighting the good fight. Yeah, so if you want them to go against fight for that eight seed, I mean, you're essentially, well, I guess Utah's up in the air right now. You're essentially, you're going to be fighting the Grizzlies. Oh, actually, keep today, today I heard that Gordon Hayward is opting out and going to be an unrestricted free agent. All right, so you have that. So essentially, from the Western Conference of last year, you now have the Jazz out. You have Clippers obviously falling off somewhere. So if the Clippers were to compete for a seventh or eighth seed, they'd be going up against Memphis, who still got their core, the Nuggets, the Trailblazers. And I guess you yeah. could put the Pelicans I mean, a, in there. There's a lot of teams fighting for those bottom seeds that won't do anything. Mm-hmm. But I think you still have to fight just because you're – you're an NBA team. That's what you do. You play to win. Right. You play to entertain your fans. You're not going to tank if you can still win 50% of your games. And that's all it takes to make the eighth seed these days. Right. So what percentage do you think they're... 100% saying Blake Griffin is going to stay with the Clippers. What percentage do you think he... Do you feel Blake Griffin is thinking right now? Uh, you know, honestly, it's unlikely. Yeah, that's what I'm putting. I'm putting it at around maybe 25%. There's a 1-4 in four chance he's staying with the Clippers. But I I have to believe that Jerry Buss, or sorry. Jerry West. J- Jerry West. Uh, horrible slip there. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to believe Jerry West has some sort of plan in place for us, some sort of way to keep Blake Griffin around or bring on somebody else that can help us. Maybe. 
Maybe he does, but I, 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 I feel like in his plan he must have had Chris Paul in there, and once Chris Paul left, he probably just he threw the pieces of paper with the plan on there. He just threw it up in the air, and he's just like, "The hell with this! I'll figure this out in August once I once I once I know what guys are are here and which which guys I can go after." But honestly, I'm I'm just surprised that we even got anything for Chris Paul. I thought we were just gonna let him walk. Right. I thought. It was going to get to July. He was going to opt out. He was going to sign with someone else for less money but be on a contender. But I'm actually impressed. I think I think he's a big part of why we were able to get anything at all and like have some pieces to work with. Right. Um, lo- even losing our best player. But Chris Paul, honestly, in all this, he was looking out for himself. And he's such a dog because... He he needed to opt he needed to opt in to get that trade to the team he wanted to go. Once his contract was over, then he could have gotten that big max deal from that from the actual team he wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. Because if he would have if he would have just opted out and signed as a free agent with the Rockets, he would have gotten less money than he would have the way it's ha- it, may, it might happen now. Yeah, and right. he and he knew that he knows that and yeah he does. So he's a smart guy. He's just, I mean, it looks like, yeah, he helped the Clippers get pieces, but really he's a dog and he was looking out for himself in this. <laughs> uh, hey, man, he he's the president of the Players Association, so he's as selfless as they come. <laughs> True, but like, yeah, even to my point, he is the president of the Players Association, so he knows what he's eligible to get and how he could get it, and he maneuvered his way. So kudos to him. He did it the right <laughs> way, and he's going to get a ton of money, and he's playing with James Harden, which... I don't think it's enough to compete with the Warriors, but it's definitely a lot better. Well, it definitely seems like he's going to get a lot further than he did with his Clippers squad. But we'll wait and see. I mean, who knows what San Antonio is going to do this offseason. Paul Gasol's out of there. Everybody was thinking Chris Paul was actually going to the Spurs, so that's not happening. Um, they weren't able Uh-oh. to do anything big during the draft. So we'll wait All and I see. All I know is I'm going to miss those. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, State Farm commercials. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I wonder what where that's gonna go from here. Oh, dude, I think it's done for. Maybe we're not gonna see Chris Paul in any more commercials. When's the last time you saw a Houston player in a commercial besides James Harden? I guess. Um, I mean, they're not gonna have a commercial with both those guys. In China, there's probably some China. Yeah, well, I'm not in China, so (laughs) that doesn't matter. All right. Well, well. To to summarize it all, I think Blake Griffin is leaving, and where he's going, I, I'm not sure. I would love to see him try to go to OKC, join Russell Westbrook. Oh, um, that would be awesome. I mean, people are saying maybe Miami. Hmm, interesting. That'd be interesting. You got Goran Dragic out there. You got yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I guess you got Dion Dion Waiters, who's Dion, who's honestly starting to play a lot better. You that got dude's balling up. Yeah, you still got Hassan Whiteside out there. So, he was great on my fantasy team. <laughs> right. I that's I don't know. If he wants to play for a contender, that's not the one. Yeah. He's either going to have to go to the Celtics, which, I mean, seems like the best option for him at this point, or mm-hmm. Houston, really. Yeah. Well, if there's any truth to him not liking Chris Paul, that might be the last place he wants to be at. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll never know for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, I just don't see him going to the Celtics. This, I mean, it feels almost feels like the Celtics are moving, are thinking something else. Maybe they're thinking Paul George or thinking Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Well, I know that's their, like, 
their plan A is to get both Hayward and George. And I heard that they're they're not going to get one or the other. They want both. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, which seems very unlikely to happen, Blake Griffin's their fallback plan. <laughs> we live not in a bad a... fallback plan. Ah, we live in a crazy world where the former number one pick is a plan B for some teams. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the NBA is going to be crazy next year. There's going to be like six super teams just going after it. You got the Warriors. I think the Spurs still contend because they, they, I mean, they have Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the Rockets, and then you're going to have the Cavs and Celtics in the East. Like, these teams are only getting better. They're not getting worse. Right. And, I mean, you don't. we still don't know where Carmelo's going to go, where Dwayne Wade might be. I don't care about where Carmelo goes. That dude sucks. I mean, he's not going to carry a team, but, I mean, if you, you put him on the Cavs and the Cavs don't give up much or actually nothing at all, then that team, that, that's a better team. Where In what world do you get Carmelo <laughs> for nothing? That dude thinks he's so good. He's going to ask for so much money no matter where he goes. He's not He's not going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, I'll take less money because I want to win a championship. He's right. like, I want to win a championship, but I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's been – Carmelo. And that's that's held him back. That's held him back so much. He's Totally. Uh, he's uh, – he seems like he wants this big city lifestyle. and that's, Or I don't really know what it is that he wants, but for some reason he still stays in New York. Um, he loves that city. And he got the big contract, but ah, it's not doing him any good. Why not just? Leave? Why not? Why didn't he just leave? Long. He should have never ago? left Denver, man. Yeah, should have never left. That was Denver. his best shot. Yep, with Chauncey, Kenyon, yep. Nene, and those guys. Yeah, it wasn't like a, wow, this is an awesome team. It wasn't like that, but it was really good. Right, and Carmelo was yeah, Carmelo was a star there too. So I don't know. If anything, you could say that team was getting better as Car, because I mean Chauncey obviously mm-hmm. wasn't getting any better, but Carmelo was still a young guy. He was he could have he could have still kept climbing. Um, um uh, it was unfortunate that he caught Kobe at his peak, but I mean yeah. Co- Kobe was already on a he was already getting pretty close to hitting the downhill. I mean the Denver Nuggets could have maybe caught it right there and competed for the championship in 2012, 2011. They could have been there. Yeah, speaking of competing. Where do you put this Jimmy Butler for the Timberwolves in terms of competing in the West? Oh, that's a hard one, man. And and I guess that goes back to our other discussion. You know, those teams fighting for seven and eight. I think that's where Minnesota is. I think they're fi- they're fighting for a, a seven or a six. Really? So you think this move only puts them at a seven? You know what? Actually, I take that back. I'll put them at. I'll put them at five. And the only reason I'll put them at five, it's because I think the Clippers are going to fall further back. Right. I, I think OKC might be right there fighting with them for that five or four. And then 7A will be rounded up by Memphis and Trailblazers. Yeah. I mean, it's so early to tell. Like, there's yeah. going to be so many moves that happen next week that are going to shake up the NBA. Hopefully. I'm hoping there are. Yeah. I mean, it could be all talk, but it just seems like. There's a lot more movement that's going to happen. So it, it's hard to predict who's going to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a really good player. Um, Towns and Wiggins are still, they're still just very, they're, they're not, they're still raw around the edges to say, and that they're not very, I mean, Towns is a very consistent player. Wiggins, on the other hand, is not very consistent. He's not a very consistent scorer, and they're going to need him 
And they're going to need him to be you're going to need him to be a hard defensive player as well in the Western Conference when they go up against the Rockets and they go up against the Spurs. They're going to need him to step up against Kawhi Leonard or James Harden or especially someone like the Warriors, Kevin Durant. Yeah. I guess another question is, is Ricky Rubio the point guard that they need or do they need to make another move now, maybe trade for like a Kyle Lowry type? Oh, if you can get Kyle Lowry, get Kyle Lowry. But will that take too much though? I mean, I think if you can if you can get Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins, that's a good team. That's a really, it's a good, really team. good team. That's like I don't even it doesn't really matter too much who's around that. Because yeah. you've got guys that can play all the all the positions that you definitely need. I mean, it still means that Andrew Wiggins needs to develop as a defensive player more. He can't can't be afraid to step up against some of these stars in the league. I'm really curious to see how Andrew Wiggins develops over the next few years. How long, he's been in the league, what, three years now? Yeah, entering his fourth year, I believe. Yeah, and he's still young. He's coming into his prime. He's drafted number one, and so far he hasn't been a dud, but he hasn't shown his true potential yet. Right. He was drafted number one four, and I think his development's going to be the most important part of that team doing well because you already know what you're getting in Jimmy Butler. He's 28 years old. He's a proven star. Mm-hmm. He's got the swagger. You know, you know what you're getting with him. You know what you're getting with Carl Anthony Towns because he's he balled up last year. Mm-hmm. He's crazy on the boards. He had, he put up like 25 a game. Right. Like he's only gonna get better. Right. Andrew Wiggins is the only question there. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Andrew Wiggins is a good player, but he's he's not the. He needs to be a lot more consistent. And he just needs to be harder on defense. Um, he definitely needs to give Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler some help if that team really wants to go any further. I mean, I'm just yeah, because you have to have three good players to compete in the NBA these days. Yeah, especially in the Western Conference. I mean, this Western Conference is just stacked. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's, just yeah, Jimmy Butler coming from the East that just shifts the power even more. Exactly. I was about to say that that there you go. That Jimmy Butler is just another star that the East just lost, and. Looking at the Eastern Conference, I mean, some of these teams that might go to the playoffs as a result of this shift is uh, kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you had Miami last year even start off 13-30, and 30, was it? Right. And they come back to 500 and they almost make the playoffs. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you might have... I mean, I mean and your your 5-7 through seven seed isn't, doesn't, doesn't have that much of a better record. Right. I mean, like, some of these teams, it's like the Pistons... Obviously, the Hornets, they got Dwight Howard. They're probably going to be competing for a sixth seed, potentially. I mean, the Bucks might even move up to being the fifth seed now. But the Hawks are getting weaker. You got the Bulls, obviously, going completely falling off. The right. Pacers, I mean, they're a huge question mark. They Obviously, they're going to lose yeah. Paul George. That puts them towards the bottom. I mean, if Paul George goes to the Western Conference, that's yet another star they're losing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, so the Bulls in that trade, they got Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, who is a guy I know that they wanted in the previous draft. Mm-hmm. And they they swap picks with the Bulls, right? Yeah, which is, is, which yeah, is that's... questionable. I, I just don't understand why you go for the swap if you're, if yeah, you're the They t- must be – well, for one, they must think that Jimmy Butler isn't the answer. Like, 
you're going to need someone better than Jimmy Butler if you want to compete. Right. And maybe that was their thought process. So I think, oh, I mean, Jimmy Butler's great and all, but he's not the top tier player that's going to win us a championship. Yeah. So you go, you got, you try to get guys that maybe have the potential to become the top tier players in the league. I don't know if Zach Levine is that guy. I mean, he's very athletic. And Chris Dunn, I know that they're really high on him, but maybe this is just them saying, we're just going to take risks on players that have high upside and continue to draft players that we think have the highest upside and see what happens. Yeah, I just kind of think the swap was almost a just straight steal on the Timberwolves' side. Like, how did the Bulls not just ask for the draft, for the pick just straight up? Why did they, why did they swap? Yeah, I mean... The Timberwolves must be great negotiators. Yeah, I just, that's the only thing I can think of because you're you're giving them Jimmy Butler and you're giving them only very questionable pieces in right. return. You would think that you'd be able to keep the pick too, exactly. give you like extra security. But I don't know. Maybe they maybe they know something that we don't. Maybe they know that Zach Levine is going to be the next Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I doubt it, but I mean, it's just like you think back to Kev, the Kevin the trade that the Cavs did with Kevin Love. The Timberwolves got Andrew Wiggins. Like, Andrew Wiggins had a lot more form to him than Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. I mean, Anthony, oh, yeah, Anthony Bennett was, like, kind of questionable, but... Well, we know that now. <laughs> yeah, you know that now. But, like, Andrew Wiggins, even at that time when he was young, like, you knew, like, oh, he's, he's going to be... If he ends up, even at his worst, like, he'll still be a solid player in the NBA. Like, he's right. still a guy that's going to average 14, 14 and 8, 15 and 8. Mm-hmm. At his worst, but like here you're getting Chris Dunn, 22 years old, only averaged three <laughs> points a game. I mean, looking at his stats here, shooting 40 percent from the field, 37 percent from three. I mean, he's just kind of like okay, yeah. I'm just but not. Yeah, he's he's just not gonna make a difference now. They're hoping that he develops and becomes something huge for them later. Right. Um, I mean, we yeah we haven't seen enough of Chris Dunn to really speculate, like what he's going to become, like how good his NBA game can become. Yeah. Um, but I think it's safe to say that the Bulls won't be very good next year. But <laughs> yep. maybe in two years, maybe in two years after they acquire a few draft picks, maybe they sign a big free agent. Um, maybe that's right. what they're going for. Yeah, maybe that is what they're going for. I mean, I'm kind of I'm excited to see what, what these guys do, you know. Uh, I mean, that's. I think that's kind of one of the more exciting things is when you see these trades happen, it's like you don't... I mean, right here we can say, oh, it's pretty clear Timberwolves got the better. They got Jimmy Butler, a consistent, proven star in the league. But then you never right. know. Maybe like six years from now, you actually... You, you look back on the trade and you realize, oh, you know, Chris Dunn is... He's a Hall of Famer. He's <laughs> right. Dude's out you there balling. Know. And Zach Levine's his partner in crime, and now they're competing for a championship. I don't know. Yeah, and... Yeah, it, it's just impossible to know that. Like, mm-hmm. I was watching this documentary the other day about how Michael Jordan was almost traded from the Bulls to the Clippers mm-hmm. for a bunch of other... I don't even know. I, I didn't recognize the names because I only started watching basketball in, like, 2000. <laughs> but, um, like, it'd be crazy if they did that because it seemed fair at the time because they hadn't won a championship. They hadn't brought in Phil Jackson yet. They hadn't won yet. They knew Michael Jordan was amazing. Mm-hmm. But they didn't think that he was the guy, so they thought about trading him. Thank 
God they didn't. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know how things are going to turn out, like, five years down the line. Right. Yeah, I mean, look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics, those Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trades that happened. I mean, obviously, those were already terrible trades even to begin no, with. Been, oh, those poor Nets. Yeah, but it's pretty <laughs> clear who got the upside. I mean, Boston was supposed to go through this rebuild mode that was going to last a couple years, and look at them now. They're essentially competing to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. I don't think they'll beat the Cavs even next year, but if the way the team is, but they're they're there. They're in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And the Brooklyn Nets, well, I mean, they they don't even have they didn't even have a draft pick. Well, they like have future Hall of Famer D'Angelo Russell now, potentially. So that trade, it's just kind of crazy. Like you think in the social media world, you got all these rumors constantly coming in, and now so you think you have a good idea of what could potentially happen, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you're like, whoa, nobody saw that coming. Right. And, yeah, I so mean, you were, thought. When you saw this trade, this D'Angelo Russell for Brooke Lopez trade, you didn't like it, correct? As a I, Laker fan. At first, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And I still kind of have weird thoughts about it because D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he he has some questionable character. But at the same time, it's it's like you don't know him. Like, I don't know him. I'm not in the locker room with him. Like, I see what I see off his Instagram or Twitter pages or what other people say. But I don't know him. So I'm not sure how, how much truth there is to a lot of the judgment people make on his character. Mm-hmm. And and how much that really goes into, into basketball. Right. But his numbers were solid. Yeah, you know? he was a great shooter last year. I mean, the percentages, not the best, but when push came to shove, like he could put up some big time shots, and he had the confidence to do so. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, if he can just work on his maturity a little bit and refine his game a little more and get his teammates more involved, he could be a really good point guard moving forward. Yeah, I think I know. he makes an All Star game in the next five years. I'll say. Right, and. I'm almost I'm almost fearful because it's like so you're you're like this big organization and you just fire somebody and then you bring in this new guy and this new guy comes in and he he he's energized he's excited so he feels like he's got to make big changes you know and like and you as an organization you understand that because that's why you fired the old person and you hired this new person to bring changes cuz you want changes but mm-hmm. That doesn't always equal to something good. So, and Magic Johnson also has no front office experience. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking if maybe Magic Johnson just came in and knew he had to do something this summer, he wasn't sure what it was, and maybe D'Angelo Russell rubbed him the wrong way, and he just figured that's the guy that's got to go. Yeah, well, I think he wasn't very keen on his maturity level at the time. You know, he's been in the league two years now. He just didn't see a leader, mm-hmm. a leader like Lonzo Ball. Yeah, he keeps which we'll ta- talk about next week. Yeah, and he keeps <laughs> he kept talking about that, and I'm not sure how much that actually means, considering the guy is really only 20 years old. Um, maybe yeah. there's a chance he could have changed, maybe not. But the thing that could that could just really, really, I would really disappoint Laker fans is if he puts all his chips into this to Lonzo Ball and free agency and. There's a good chance that that doesn't end up happening, but what was very likely to happen was that we already had D'Angelo Russell and we could have developed him maybe into into a solid player or maybe he could have potentially become an all-star. Yeah, 
true. But I think the big part of this deal that just baffles me is why did the Nets take Mozgov's contract? What, what were they thinking? Why did they want him? Why, why did they allow themselves to take this horrible deal? I mean, Mozgov, Mozgov isn't a terrible player per se. He's not a good player, but he's a player nonetheless. Ugh. He's still a seven-footer. Um, I think the Brooklyn Nets were desperate, and it goes back to that trade they made with the Boston Celtics. They're desperate for a young guard. They're desperate to have some somebody they can put on their ticket stuff to make people go to Barclays Center and watch these games and stay optimistic, even though their record has them towards the bottom of the East. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for my Timothy Mozgov ticket stub for Brooklyn Nets game. Uh, no, uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying Mozgov is. I'm saying D'Angelo Russell. So D'Angelo Russell is worth taking on Mozgov's contract? I mean, he's a good player, but that is a horrible contract to have to deal yep. with. Yep. I agree. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Brooklyn Nets... I guess, I mean, I'm thinking about it, but I think I would do, I would do it. I'd do the trade. I would bring in D'Angelo Russell, keep some optimism in the fan base, and take a swing and see what see what he can do. I mean, you really have nothing else to really look forward to, considering you have very limited draft picks in the next couple years. You pair him with Jeremy Lin, and you just watch him work their magic. <laughs> Yeah, for all you know, I mean, looking at the state of this Eastern Conference, like they might actually, they might be up there at the fighting for a, a ninth seed, tenth seed, no, potentially. No, <laughs> no, no way. No, you way. don't see it. They're bottom still. Still bottom for sure. Totally, completely. They're gonna be <laughs> the very worst team in the NBA this year. Say the Knicks lose Carmelo, you think they're gonna be still worse than the Knicks? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Who would they be left with? Christoph Porzingis uh-huh. and Hernan Gomez and Hernan their Gomez, yeah. and their and their group Derek of Rose. misfits. They about oh, Derek Rose. I forgot about oh, Derek yeah. Rose, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. No way. They're second worst for sure. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks. You got Hakeem Noah, who might even only show up for like thirty games. You gotta shoot some granny free throws for you too. Yeah, Derek Rose, he might go missing a game or two, so you got those, and then he's going <laughs> to be injured. Issues. He's going to be injured for a couple issues, of them. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll be a good race for last place. <laughs> the Nets, so the Nets can't tank. They have no reason to. They all lost their draft pick for next year, right? Yeah. Or is it protected at all? That's That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I I believe they don't have a draft pick next year. Or if they do, they well, might. Yeah, they just... traded it to the Celtics, right? Yeah. So I mean, they have no reason to tank. So they might end up beating the Knicks out for second to last place next year. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, I mean, I guess we also have to factor in Phil Jackson being gone. Yeah. I guess. I mean, is that a plus, a negative, or is that just a neutral? Uh, I think it's a neutral. I think it's a neutral, I, too. Dolan is the real problem there, but I think uh, Phil, getting rid of Phil Jackson isn't going to make your team worse, but it wasn't going to make it better. And definitely not. I mean, 
it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. I mean, just look at the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks misfortunes happened before were started before Phil Jackson even got there. Yep, that's so true. I mean, they've been mediocre for a very long time. Yeah, you had a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you just you just got rid of it. You got rid of Mike Woodson. You got rid of a couple key piece. piece. I mean, obviously, like Amari Stoudemire's body didn't hold up. You made some question, some very questionable moves. Um, so all this was happening before Phil Jackson even came on came, came on board. Right. So getting rid of him, I wouldn't necessarily call it a plus. It's almost just you just okay. You're not going to get any worse. Maybe we'll hear some less yelling from Stephen A. Smith. That's we always will. a plus. Yeah, Stephen <laughs> A. Smith is. I mean, yeah. Stephen A. Smith will certainly say this is a huge plus. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah i was watching that first take and he was talking about how he didn't want to work and i totally agreed phil jackson didn't want to work he didn't like, he was just there to collect his paycheck and kind of make whatever roster moves he felt like making it seemed yeah you know i don't feel like there's any mad scientist mad genius stuff going on with the way porzingis worked out i think he just picked a guy he's like oh yeah he's a big center he'd work in a triangle <laughs> and it just happened to be that he came he became a very good player and i think you can say the same thing for this uh frank nilakina guy that they just drafted like no one knows how good he's gonna be he just drafted him he's like oh look it's the best european point guard that sounds cool he'd All be right. great in the triangle <laughs> and then he just drafted him yeah so yeah just there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot of thought going into that and it just seems like he's kind of making all of these decisions willy-nilly, just kind of doing whatever he wants, which yeah, he was entitled I, to do because they gave him that freedom. Right. I almost think he he was begging to be fired, or he was just begging to to just resign. Or, I mean, not resign, but just, like, be, just have that conversation with James Dolan. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. He's so <laughs> stoked now. He just <laughs> got bought out for, what, $24 million? Exactly. He's cruising. Yep. He it's just all it's just it's just astonishing to me the amount of money that the NBA throws around and some guys just uh get away. Like Phil Jackson literally stole money from the New York Knicks. He yeah. went in there, <laughs> didn't do I mean he got he got them Porzingis. Outside of that he did nothing really to make that team better and now he walks away with a humongous paycheck into yep. to Montana or maybe he's trying to come back to LA. We don't want him here, but he might <laughs> no, be trying he might be yeah. trying to come here. Um, no, you're good. You don't need that. Yeah, we we don't need Phil Jackson. We don't even there's no point in putting him on the coaching chair. Like the team is not in that position. Luke Walton needs to stay there. The team needs some stability, so we don't want him on the on the coaching end. And the president and you no, know, I doubt my Magic Johnson wants to partner with him. Or, no, no way. Or is willing to swap retirement for uh, for Phil Jackson to take his spot? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I think you guys are the best off staying the course with what you're doing right now with Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka running the show. Yeah. And um, on the topic of the Lakers, I guess on um, this part of the trade, what do you think Brook Lopez brings to the Lakers as a Laker fan? Uh he's a plus for sure. I mean, he for sure is. Maybe. Would you rather have the... him than D'Angelo Russell? 
I mean, he's he's a lot more developed than D'Angelo Russell. Like he will he will be a lot more consistent. I mean, as long as his body holds up, his play is a lot more consistent than D'Angelo Russell. Like D'Angelo Russell definitely had some mental lapses throughout the season, and it. I mean, that's just to come with young players. I think they that's one of the the struggles that they have the most is just being consistent throughout the eighty two games in an NBA season. Whereas a guy you bring in Brooke Lopez, he's twenty nine. Um, he's been there, done that. Uh, he hasn't competed much in the playoffs, but the guy can play and he'll be consistent. So, I mean, that's a plus. Just off him, the Lakers will already be better than last year, which isn't saying much considering that the Lakers were still a midi- were still in mediocrity zone last year. But it's a plus, yep. at least. Um, I'm hoping he comes in and he helps the young guys like Zubak and Julius Randle, maybe Ingram a little bit. Um, Larry Nance, too. Yeah, because I think this Laker team, they're young, but they can't keep using that as an excuse anymore. Like, I think we need to start winning some ball games. We need to not – we can't finish in the 20-game win zone anymore. Like, No, yeah, you can't You can't keep tanking. No. Like the Lakers fans have been waiting very patiently to have a somewhat decent season at least. Yeah. And you, you got to think now is the time, right? Like Right. The psyche of the Laker fan is like, I am losing my mind. This is not the Lakers that I know and love. Exactly. I'm not used to being to being ridiculed and being the the uh, the joke of the NBA. Exactly. Know? No one's expecting them to fight for a playoff spot. I mean, obviously, as a fan, um, you want to be optimistic, and I'm sure the young guys are talking about it. That and that they should be. They should be shooting for that. But realistically, no one's really expecting them to be a playoff team. Um, but definitely, they cannot be the 14th seed the 15th the last place team in the west anymore second to last even like they got to be up there fighting for they got to be 10th like i mean that's like if you (laughs) you, gotta be 10th that's that's your goal (laughs) no 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 i'm not saying that's the goal it's like you know if you if you like back in high school like you got an a b and c and d or whatever like if you finish 10th like you got a c like that's average like you're (laughs) there you're not gonna get any pats on the back over it but you're also not gonna have anybody scoring at you but I don't know, dude. I I don't think my mom would be very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like it's it's just that like that's what you gotta be. And honestly, the way this team is, like, it's gonna it might be a battle for them to even get there. Hopefully not. But I mean, you're looking at all the other teams in the West. You're like, yeah, this Laker team is not gonna do much. Yeah, unless they're able to get Paul George this year. Right. Otherwise, they're gonna have to wait till next year. Yeah. They're not going to be a playoff team. I don't care what LeVar Ball says. Yeah. I think as a team, what they should be looking at is maybe potentially... They could potentially maybe win the Pacific Division if now that the Clippers have lost Chris Dude, Paul. Aren't the Warriors in the Pacific oh, Division? Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, they should be looking... It's, it's not just us and the Kings and the Suns. I forgot about Hate the Warriors. I bubble. forgot about that team and then how could I... But I, they should be shooting for second place, I think, in the Pacific Division. And yeah, where that, that lands, yeah, where that lands them in the Western Conference, I'm not sure. I hope playoff. I'm hoping playoffs. <laughs> but realistically, I wouldn't bet money on it. This is this still is not. This is still not a well constructed team. It's they. I mean, Luke Walton is trying to give them a direction, but the pieces of this team are just still rough around the edges outside of Brook Lopez. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't yeah, I don't see them doing anything next year. Nope. I mean you got Jordan Clarkson, I'm hoping can can start uh 
being more consistent and establishing himself as the type of player that he wants to be? Does he want to be the point guard? Is he going to be the shooting guard? Is he going to be a spot-up shooter? Is he going to be a type of driver? Like, what kind of player is he? And I feel like we kind of haven't really seen that the last couple of years. We've seen glimpses of it. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., I think he's done a pretty good job of being the guy off the bench, energy guy. He's athletic. He uses that. Um, Brandon Ingram, he still seems lost out there. Last year, he seemed really lost. Um, hopefully, he comes in. T- he has a good summer league. I, not sure who's going to be out there, if he or if he even is going to be out there. Um, but heading into next season, that I, I just want to, I just want to see a plan for him. I want to see him establish himself as what kind of a guy he's going to be, um, and actually score some points as well and get that shooting percentage up. Uh, it was just horrendous last year. Yeah, I mean, you have all these guys that they seem to have some upside to them, but in reality, only a few of them are going to pan out. Right. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I get, I'm hof- Hopefully, once free agency starts next week, we'll start getting a clearer picture of what, this, what, the, what teams are going to be in the running, who's going to be fighting for last, to not get last place. Um, we'll see where the Lakers are. We'll see. We'll get a better picture of the Clippers as well. All told, I'm still planning on getting tickets to the first Laker home game just to see what Lonzo Ball does. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of on the on the betting table. Magic Johnson put a lot of chips on Lonzo Ball, and the hype train. We'll see. Is the hype train real? It's going to be so crazy at that game. The fans are just going to be out of control. Right. And, I mean, you know, I'm pretty excited not to just, maybe not just for the first game, but actually the summer league. Let's see what he goes. See what he does out there. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I mean, I never watched summer league, but maybe maybe I'll take a glimpse if Alonzo's playing. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who goes out, who, who plays for the Lakers. Um, yeah, any last for thoughts? Sure. Uh, no, I mean, I'm excited to talk more of the draft next week. We'll have a special guest, my roommate, Scott. Uh, he is a college basketball expert, mm-hmm. according to himself. Right. So that'll be a fun show. I'm excited for it. Yeah, hopefully by next week we get a better idea of where Paul George might be going, Gordon Hayward, um, and some official word on where guys might be going. You know, there's verbal agreements that are possible, but as we saw with did DeAndre fiasco a couple of years ago. And now that just seems so foolish. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. That Man. whole thing just Chris seems Paul, so foolish. He's, dude, DeAndre Jordan's got to be so mad right now. Yep. I would be. I, I <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, I got to get a jersey for him just to, just to make him feel better. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, tune in next week. Next week we got a bunch of good topics we'll talk about the draft we'll talk about free agency and we'll see some of the summer rosters probably round out a little bit better and we'll see um, which teams will be competing for that summer league championship um so don't forget to tune in next week to me and sean here on the dwight chocolate basketball podcast and we're open to new names if this one does not work out